1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
2: Without further ado, let's jump right into it. Just an honor to be joined again by the 45th president of these United States, President Donald Trump. Mr. President, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Good morning, sir.
1: Well, thank you, Chris, very much. You have a great show. You have a highly rated show, too, by the way, in case case they haven't been telling you lately, (laughs) which is always nice. Hey, hey, Chris, which is always nice, right?
2: Believe me, I'll take it every time. And your endorsement, I I know there are other never-Trumpers that would say no endorsement from Trump. I'll take your endorsement every time, sir, by the way. So thank you very much.
1: Um, Let me ask you. I've never heard Uh, the one no endorsement, actually. They, They could be out there. No endorsement from Trump could be out there, but I haven't heard that one yet. Very well, you
2: know this better than anybody there is this conventional wisdom that holds out there amongst certain never trump circles of the republican party that somehow tuesday in virginia and glenn youngkins win in particular was done without your presence and without your support somehow and that the, the strategy going forward is less trump let's just address that right off the top what do you say about that to other candidates
1: well, I saw that, and I knew no matter what happened, if I get involved, if he lost, they were going to blame me, and if he won, they'd say I did nothing. Uh, he used my name, and he's a very nice guy. He called me yesterday to thank me and everything. He's a very nice guy. He's not the problem, uh, but the media is. Uh, the media is just a disaster. Uh, they're so corrupt, so fake. But what happens is. Uh, he used me for the endorsement and he was very open about it. Okay. After the endorsement, he went quiet a little bit, uh, still was very respectful, very good, uh, asked me for help, told me what his plan was. Uh, I wouldn't say I disagree with it. Uh, I would say generally it doesn't work. Generally, it just doesn't work. But, uh, you know, the endorsement, without the endorsement, I will tell you he would have received hundreds of thousands of fewer votes. I made a call a tele-rally the night before the election. I was all on board and made a call. And we had hundreds of thousands of people voted because of that call. Uh, It was a tremendous success. And he ended up doing very well. We energized the base. And there's never been a base like this. But now I know that because he wasn't out there going wild, and I'll tell you who was going wild was Terry McAuliffe. Everything he did was Trump, 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 Trump. And he lost. So by using my name, he lost. And, no, I think it had a huge – I don't think. I know it had a huge impact. If he didn't have my support, he would have lost by hundreds of thousands of votes. I know that. I mean, there's no question about it. And, you know, I don't know if you saw the stat where I'm 120 and 2, and I'm actually – I think if you add it all up, about 148 and 2 or 3. So 148 wins when we endorse and when we, you know, help somebody. But for the most part, we've won almost every race. We won a race – also yesterday, we won a race, as you know, in Ohio the day before. Yes. Uh, we won the congressional race. We run won the Staten Island Borough President race, which is a big deal in New York, Staten Island, Vito Fisella. Uh, and that was a race that we won. And we won a, a Hialeah ra- uh, uh, race, which is sort of interesting when you say Hialeah and you, we won a race and because they have the big track there. But we won uh, for the mayor. We won. We had four races. And I guess a couple of very fair people said Trump went four and oh again. But no, this this was this is a way that they do it. These people, all they know how to do is demean. You help somebody and they demean. But you know this, if he would have lost, I would have been blamed. But actually, I think if he would have lost, it would have probably been. Uh, They would have probably tried to make me look better. They are sick people. They always have an angle, no matter what. I mean, no matter what.
2: Sir, do you would would you say that in terms of uh, places like uh, Pennsylvania, you wrote an editorial in the wall street journal last week that got a lot of attention. Right. Uh, you believe Pennsylvania right. in particular is a huge problem. Is it the biggest problem to elections going forward? I, we know how you feel about what happened in Pennsylvania and I share it's unconstitutional. What went on here. Is it the biggest yeah. issue? This mail-in voting
1: to me, it's such a big issue. And, and to the people, when I speak, it's, I think, the number one issue, even beyond that horrible, porous border that we have, that disgusting mess of a border. People want to hear. I can only judge. Uh, like you, you can feel an audience. You've always been able to feel an audience, and I can. When I'm out there speaking, I'm, I'm doing something where I can just feel it. When I talk about the election fraud that took place in the 2020 presidential election, don't forget, I got 75 million votes. When you get 75, I got 63 the first time. And somebody said, "Uh, how do you compare the first and the second? That's a reporter for The New York Times, said to me, how do you compare the first, where we won, with the second? I said, well, I did much better in the second. He said, what do you mean? I got 75 million votes. I got 12 million more votes. And uh, we did a much better job. I was told, Chris, that if we get, literally, if we get a million more than 63, even if we get 63, but if we get 63 or 64, we can't lose. I got 75 million votes. The people came out and voted like they've never voted before. I mean, never. No sitting president's ever even come close. And we ended up losing and when you look at the polls closing look at Pennsylvania what happened with the with the closings with the Philadelphia stuff that took place with the vote counts with everything i mean Pennsylvania's is terrible uh i would say Philadelphia and detroit uh milwaukee also uh, three of the worst places on earth for voting philadelphia, is it the mail in you know i don't have to go into it. philadelphia was horrible what they did with the votes and and the vote counting. It was absolutely horrible. Remember, at 9.30 in the evening, I was up by hundreds of thousands of votes in Pennsylvania. Oh, yes. yes. Hundreds it's, of thousands. It was over. They had announcers saying, well, Pennsylvania's over. When are they going to announce that? All of a sudden, everything closed. You know that. They closed. And it <laughs> opens, and I say, boy, that what's happened here? It was a disgrace. It's a disgrace to our system. And the Republicans... Some fight very hard, but a lot of the Republicans don't seem to have the guts to fight it out. It's it's really a shame what happened in Philadelphia, a shame what happened. If you look at Georgia, Georgia was uh, just terrible. Look at Arizona, which, by the way, was not as bad as some of them. And they came out with the forensic findings. And when you read those findings one after another, and, you know, I was very close. The race was very close in terms of the— uh, the the count that shouldn't have counted. And then you look at 25,000 here, 15,000 here, you add them all up. And it was determinative many, many times over. Uh, it's just disgraceful. It was it was an election uh, like, uh, look, there has been a lot of cheating in elections over the years, but it's never been like this. They just went crazy. And they did yes. because they had no idea we was going to get that many votes, Chris. They had no idea that we were going to get uh, you know, so many votes, 75 million votes. If they thought that we were going to get anywhere near that number, maybe they would have been prepared differently. But when you look at the ballots, the quality of the ballots, the envelopes, all the different things, it is it's disgraceful. And, you know, I'm i am talking to you. So we're talking about Philadelphia more. But Philadelphia was one of the most corrupt places, uh, I would say, perhaps superseded by Detroit.
2: Wow i you know Mr. President, I asked people to submit questions uh, with you coming on, and overwhelmingly, a number of people wanted me first of all to pass along their thanks to you for uh, grateful citizens that Thank were you. grateful for your presidency. People ask me though mr president and it 's an interesting one are you Are you angry? do you feel a self, uh, a, a bit of self satisfaction as you look at i know you don 't want to see the country harmed or hurt, but do you feel is there a bit of "I told you so in you, or how do you view what 's going on right now and the fact that the election went the way it did. Do you feel, yeah. what do you feel? Do you feel sad for the country or do you feel satisfied yeah. that I told you? What is it?
1: I think I have all of those emotions. Uh, I'm, I'm more sad. We're not going to have much of a country left. I'm telling you, it's what they're doing with the border is so bad. And I think that Biden started to really drop. I mean, I don't know how he could have dropped any, he, it's hard to believe where they say he's at 38, or 39, I say, you mean 39% of the people of this country are actually satisfied with the job he's doing? It's not even possible. You know, he's he's dropped like a rock, but how do you have 39% of the people satisfied? He had an approval rating today or yesterday at 39% approval. And I'm saying, who could possibly approve? You know, if the election weren't rigged, and if I were there, you wouldn't have inflation, your gas prices would be less than $2, Your economy would be roaring, would be respected by the world. We would have been out of Afghanistan and we wouldn't have left 85 billion, billion, would it be billion dollars of equipment behind. We wouldn't have 13 dead soldiers. We wouldn't have hundreds of people actually died that day. Uh, But we also had 22 soldiers where they were really, really uh, horribly injured, you know, arms and legs missing, one soldier, one arm and two legs missing. You know, nobody even talks about them. You wouldn't have had any of that. We would have had we would have been energy independent, which are no longer energy independent. I mean, in California, it just hit seven dollars and 70 cents a gallon for mm. gasoline. And yes, you, the country, the country is a disaster. And now they're talking about giving people that came into the country illegally four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a piece. These people are absolutely crazy. They're crazy. Mr- and Mr. our country, president our country can't sustain this
2: if if you were let's let's pretend for a moment you're 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 seated behind the resolute desk you're in the Oval Office this morning, something like the supply chain. what is something the President of the yeah. United States could do today to fix the supply chain issue in your view
1: well, first of all, on the supply chain I never even heard about the supply chain. We wouldn't have had a supply chain problem. That's caused by the mandate, it's caused by a lot of different things, but I think the mandate really hurt, you know, where people aren't allowed to work, they're not allowed to go, they're not allowed to do what they're doing, but it's caused by a lot of factors. It's caused by disrespect to our country. But when you hear about the supply chain, kids, you never heard anything about that. You never heard about bombers flying over Taiwan when I was president. They weren't flying over Taiwan. I told him, I said, you can't do Taiwan. You can't even. The first conversation I had with President Xi, he said, don't even think about Taiwan. Don't think about it. Not that I'm such a big fan of Taiwan. I just didn't want that to happen. And I let him know it. And he respected me that he didn't do. I mean, now every day you have 100 bombers flying over Taiwan. And he'll wait till after the Olympics. So, you know, I've been pretty good at uh, prognosticating uh, He'll wait till after the Olympics and he'll do something. OK, he's not going to do it before the Olympics. Right now, they're very safe, despite all the bombers flying, because he doesn't want to screw up the Olympics. But after the Olympics, he'll do, he'll do something. He doesn't respect Biden, and therefore he doesn't respect our country. But how can he or anybody else, Kim Jong-un, North Korea, how can anybody respect our country when we surrender in if you look at what happened in Afghanistan, that was a complete and total surrender. We ran away, and then it was so bad that he ran some troops in, young troops. The 13 of them got killed. That's the way they got killed. I mean, they ran yeah. instead of having control. We had, I had such control. The Taliban wasn't moving. We didn't lose one soldier in 18 months. You remember when Biden even said that. He yes. said, well, I will say that we didn't lose any soldiers. Yeah, because— Abdul, who's the leader, knew that he can't do that. I said, you can't do that. And if you do it, you're going to be hit harder than you've ever been hit. No country has ever been hit harder than what's going to happen to you if you do it. 18 months, and he said he understood. 18 months we didn't lose one soldier. Nobody ever heard of a thing. Nobody talks about that. But we had a different country than we do now. Now we have a country that's laughed at all over the world. And supply chain. Just to get back to it. I never even heard the word supply chain. The supply chain was, was perfect. It was a perfect running machine. This country is so screwed up that nothing's working anymore.
2: Mr. President, a lot of people ask me, I know your time is limited, a lot of people ask me about Dr. Fauci, and and if you regret or look back on your time with Dr. Fauci in particular as a figure you should have terminated long ago, would you have done it in retrospect? I know hindsight's twenty twenty in a pandemic emergency, but would you have fired Fauci, knowing what you know now?
1: Well, he was there for 40 years. You know, he's like a fixture. Uh, I got along with him fine. He was a guy that everything he said, I almost did the opposite. you know he was a no masker masks are terrible. You go back and look at it it's terrible he he was he was almost everything he said was wrong. He's a great promoter he's a lousy doctor, but he's a great promoter he's a just a natural born promoter um Everything he did, told me to do, everything he recommended, he didn't tell me. I did the opposite. He said, don't close it to China. Don't close it to Europe. We, we had the big masks debate. I was right about the masks. Uh, I mean, it was really incredible. He had much less influence on me than he would have on somebody else. So he was just a, really another person. Look, he didn't want me to close the country down to China. He said, what you do is keep it open. I said, yeah, but they're very heavily infected over there. I closed it very early in January, I closed it. Saved tens of thousands of lives. He said the vaccine would take five years to do, and he was not really for it very much because he said it would take too long. And as you know, I got it done in nine months, and it's very important. Everybody has their freedoms, and these mandates are ridiculous, all of the different things. But we got a vaccine, we got three vaccines done, in less than nine months, people can't believe it. You know, that was a great victory. And, you know, so many so, other things. So, so I, I just I... don't think he had much of it. And he did not have much influence over me.
2: May I ask you about children and the vaccine? They just released that information sure. that they'd like kids to go forward with the shot. Would you, would you recommend children have the vaccine at this point or no?
1: I don't think so. They're strong. Their immune systems are strong. They're not affected, like uh, especially older people that have some... Some kind of a problem whether it's diabetes or something those people I definitely really strongly recommend but children are different now it's they are they are getting it not like the first wave where you know children were, were virtually i mean not totally but virtually immune to it but uh the, it's not it's just not the same problem with children no i would I would generally speaking not recommend it
2: you have not commented on Alec Baldwin much, if at all, to be quite frank. Your son has, but you have not. And I'm just curious, um, do you have any comment at all about what's just happened with, with Alec Baldwin on his movie set? I know he's a guy yeah. that's been very critical of you for a long time.
1: Well, interestingly, though, you're the first one to ask me about him. They are asking about all the – they're asking about Afghanistan, and they're asking about uh, all of the horror that's going on. Our country is being destroyed. Our country yes. has never been so low. But they haven't asked me about that. I'll give you a look. He's a troubled guy. There's something wrong with him. I've watched him for years. He gets into fistfights with reporters. Look, I don't like reporters. I mean, I like some. I think some are great. Some are talented. But I don't, you don't get into fistfights. I mean, everything he does, he's a volatile guy. He's a nut job. And I think that, you know, when they hand him a gun, if it's loaded, if they handed me a gun, I would— Never point it at somebody and shoot it. You know, I I don't care about checking the gun. You can look at any, you know, which way. You've been reading the same articles that I have, and you've been seeing what I've been seeing. They hand you a gun Chris. you're not going to point it at somebody. And this was really a cinematographer, so it's not even like an actress that's on set with you. This is a cinematographer. So that means he took the gun and pointed it at a cinematographer, pulled the trigger, and she was dead. It's weird. It's not doable. And they're outside. I would say that if I had a gun, number one, I'd point it in the air and pull the trigger a couple of times. I think just by natural, you know, they're outside in this big open space. There's nobody around. I think I'd probably, I would probably would have pointed it up in the air. But you can also look to see whether or not it's loaded. But who would take a gun and point it at a cinematographer and pull the trigger? And she's dead. I mean— I can't imagine anybody as bad as it may have been kept, meaning, you know, the people that take care of the equipment and the gun and everything else. But even if it was loaded and, and you know, that's a weird thing. Maybe he loaded it. Who remember this? Who would put a gun here, Alec? Here's your gun. Oh, good. Be, I t- lifted up, pointed at a person and pull the trigger. And oh, man, a bullet came out. She's dead. So. There's something wrong with him. He's a sick guy. I've, I mean, I've seen him for years because he did, a, I thought, a poor job of, you know, imitating me. Him, Daryl Hammond did a great job, if you remember Daryl Hammond on oh, yes. Saturday Night Live. Daryl Hammond was really talented. Um, Alec Baldwin was terrible at imitating me, I thought. I thought he was you know, really terrible. And I, you know, I told, I, and and by the way, if he was good, and I didn't like his politics, or I didn't like him, I would have said, you know, he was good. But he was terrible. But they had him on for years doing this stuff. But and and I don't like him or dislike him. I don't actually know him, but I've watched him over the years because of the fact he did this so much on Saturday Night Live. I've watched him, and he's a cuckoo bird. He's a nut job. <laughs> And usually, uh, when there's somebody like that. You know, this he in my opinion he had something to do with it. But if nothing else, how do you take a gun and just even whether it's loaded or not loaded, how do you take a gun? Pointed at somebody that's not even in the movie and just point it at this person and pull the trigger and now she's dead.
2: Well, Mr. Um, President, I, I ask you yeah. uh, only because I know you're from entertainment, and uh, he was a big critic for a long time, so I wanted to know. Uh, I, you got to run, but I know that uh, this audience wishes you well, and uh, we hope the First Lady is doing very well, too.
1: Well, she is, Chris, and thanks, and you have a great show, and uh, I very much appreciate you. Very much, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy.